You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Hello, welcome. It's episode 56 of Grow Yourself Up. And today I wanted to talk about rupture and repair, the messiness of it, how we can often get caught in idea that it's going to be a neat process of uh, doing the repair after a rupture and how really in reality it's um, a bit more of an iterative process. So maybe it goes back and forth as well. And it kind of can also be quite um, long-winded, as in there might be multiple apologies within the frame of kind of one um, incident or something going on in your house. Especially so in the UK, it's it's the long summer holidays now. And I know in many other parts of the world, some some countries have finished their holidays and others are sort of starting or nearing the end. But um, often we tend to torture ourselves thinking that other people are doing better than us or that things are much neater in other people's households. And I want to share some of the... Um, the messiness that's been happening um, over here to kind of help you not do that torturing thing. Well, I mean, what I mean is not is is not to torture yourselves with ideas of other people having things really perfect or really neat. The first thing I want to say is to give you some context around um, attachment. So, if you can imagine that attachment, the, the attachment dance with your child takes place on a dance floor. And we are responsible for, well, in my mind, we are responsible for maintaining that relationship. So for repairing it when things have gone wrong, for um, taking responsibility for ourselves. So the way in which we behave is never our child's responsibility. We are always, as the adult, responsible for how we behave. Yes, they are incredibly triggering our children and we are still responsible for ourselves. It's a dance. So it doesn't, it doesn't hang on, uh, times when you get things wrong or little incidents. It's 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 a pattern over time of you maintaining connection with the child um, and, and other attachment figures in your life. And when we've had a, a, a rapture or fight or we've shouted at them or something, um, I always like to think about that we don't leave the dance floor. We stay on the dance floor and we repair. Our children may kind of leave the dance floor when they shout at us and they say, 
um, they hate us or call us stinky mummy or whatever they say. Um, but it's our job to kind of remain there so that they can return and also to keep on kind of um, contributing to this dance of attachment. And that's so much about delighting in your child, taking taking um, joy in being with them, um, really lighting up when they come into the room. Things like, um, you know, showing them that they matter. That's That's really important. And so that's an important context for rupture and repair because we are the ones who um, who need to make the repair and to kind of um, uh, sort of moderate the emotional temperature in our house. I hope that makes sense. And that's not an easy task. And it's not an easy task when we are frazzled or, or angry or um, resentful or ho- hormonal or tired or hot. You know, all of these things affect our ability to do that. Let me talk to you about this rupture and repair thing that's that's happened in our house recently. So my sister um, came to stay with us with to her two children, two daughters who are eleven and eight, and um, we. It was a really lovely time. They had they stayed in our house with us, and um, it was really lovely. And we also had some um, bumps. And one of the bumps was I had made all the kids um, dinner. So the the kids were sitting around the table, um, my two daughters and her two daughters, and I'd made them fish fingers and, I don't know, chips or something and or potato or something. And I cut up, um, sometimes I still cut up my girls' fish fingers also to help them cool so that um, they don't have to wait for hours. And one of my daughters got very cross because she wanted, and, and her children had their fish fingers not cut up. So one of my daughters got very irritated that I had cut her first fingers up and started to scream and um, just like get really agitated about it. So I said, okay, let's go. So she was really like starting to scream at the table. So I said, okay, let's go out outside and we can have a chat about it um, so that the other people could continue their dinner. And we went outside and we chatted on the driveway and I said, yeah, I understand you wanted some cut up. It, it, she, I did actually have some that were whole, um, but, but not all of them. And she was... Um, she was kind of having a bit of a meltdown about it. And um, I I was not going to cook more fish fingers. And I kind of wanted to honor her feelings, but also kind of bring her back to a place of, okay, we, we can tolerate this. This is not the end of the world. Um, you can have your fish fingers. And I, I really hear you. I'm sorry about the fact that they are cut up and that feels really disappointing to you. And this is still the supper. We then came back to the table. Um, so my, my other twin came to just check on that we were all right because we'd gone out to the front of our house outside the front door and um she put the key in the door so it didn't get locked out so there was a lot of concern about where we were and I said to my daughter okay come let's go back inside now um you know it'll be all right we can do this and then we went back inside and something else happened something else seemed to go wrong according to her I can't remember if it was more about the fish fingers or something else that someone had, you know, she had the wrong cup or something. I, I can't really remember, but it, it basically kind of escalated further and there was more shouting and meltdown and, um, kind of irritation. And I was starting to get quite irritated by this point. Cause I was like, okay, this is enough now. This is a lovely supper. You've got your cousins here. Can you like get a grip and stop screaming so much? And I was starting to lose my own patience. And I said, okay, let's go upstairs now. Let's go and have like, because she was like really screaming. So I was trying to just let the other people get on with their dinner and, and leave my sister to look after these other kitties. And I think that maybe I actually shouted at my daughter then. But anyway, I went upstairs, we went upstairs and we continued to have a chat. And I was, I was getting quite irate with her 
or maybe I'd shouted before we went upstairs. Yes, I think I shouted and then she got more upset because I shouted about um, like that she needed to get on and eat her supper. And so then we went upstairs and we were sitting um, in our sitting room and I was talking to her and kind of, I think, kind of going in and out of being cross and she was going in and out of being a meltdown. And so we were trying to sort of, I was trying to kind of repair and help her deal with things, but also not really having enough capacity to actually be present for her because I was really feeling irritated and I wanted her to just go downstairs and eat her supper. But I knew that she needed me to be um, kind of present to hear what was going on for her and that trying to shut her down was not going to help. But it really went back and forth for a while. And um, then my niece came upstairs and said, why didn't we go back downstairs? Because their, the children actually had decided that somehow she was going to get a whole lot of uncut up fish fingers. And um, so we went downstairs, but she continued to um, kind of shout and, and, and be upset. And I was by this point really having um, really lost my patience. And I was like, that's enough. Just get on and eat your supper. And I've had enough. I'm not listening to this anymore. This is enough now. She did finally eat some of her supper and, um, it kind of ended up kind of okay, but I had shouted before we went upstairs. Maybe I wasn't that clear about that, but I shouted about that she needed to get on with her supper. And when I came back downstairs, I felt like I'd descended into this place of thinking, oh, I'm a terrible mother. Um, I, I'm like shouting at her in front of her cousins and this is supposed to be a lovely trip. And, um, now this is dinner has just all turned to disaster because all the kids are stressed that we first went outside outside the front of the house and then we went upstairs and this is also stressful and rubbish and I was kind of grumpy grumpy with my sister not actually grumpy with her but just kind of grumpy and grumpy with with my daughter and everything and I kind of noticed the energy um, around the table was then quite stressed and tense because my daughter had come back and her the sweet cousins and her sister had kind of all tried to fix this thing about the, the the cut up fish fingers. I mean, you can't glue fish fingers back together and you can't stick them with sticky tape. But it, they'd sort of tried to create something that would make her feel better, which was really sweet of them. But there was obviously, there were kind of, um, there was some anxiety at the table. And I, I really pondered to myself, I was like, okay, what can I do here? Because um, I've kind of created this to some extent. I mean, both of my daughter and I have created this because she was shouty and I didn't, I was shouty back basically. And, um, I said to, I said to them, I thought, okay, I'm actually just going to try and deal with this head on. And I said to them, to my nieces, I said, do your parents ever shout at you? And they said, yes, sometimes their parents did shout at them. And I said, you know, it's really tricky. Life is really emotionally messy. And, um, I just shouted at her about her supper and I'm, I'm, I, I apologize to her upstairs and I'm sorry that it was upsetting for you guys at the dinner table and, Sometimes, you know, we have um, tricky times and she shouts and I shout and um, and then sometimes it's scary if I shout really loudly and I'm really sorry about that. And we kind of talked about it and I said, and again, I said how um, it kind of lightened the the mood when my, when my nieces told me about sometimes their parents did shout at them and then we kind of laughed about that and we wondered why that happened and um, we kind of talked about how then we repair and I said to them again, I said, yes, life is really, um, it can be really emotionally messy. And um, we're kind of all trying to do the best we can at the time. And then my niece said something which was really beautiful, which felt like an analogy for life and for parenting. So when I said life is emotionally messy, she said, yes, 
life is really messy. It's messy like slime and it's also beautiful like slime. And I was like, yeah, there it is right there, slime. It's really messy like slime and it's beautiful like slime because honestly, at the point where I went upstairs with my daughter the second time, I was like, oh my God, get me out of here. Like, I don't care if you don't eat just about, I sort of, at that point, there's like all bets are off in terms of holding on to, okay, I want to be a loving caregiver. Sometimes I'm just like, this is enough. I don't care. I don't care about your food. I don't care. I just sort of want to be out of the situation or I want the the um, the shouting to stop. And at those points, I always notice when I'm starting to feel like that, that it's important that I don't kind of shout or um, kind of just say anything because then I might say something that's really unkind. But I was able to come back into myself to acknowledge that I needed to um, – talk about what had happened, to apologize to my daughter, and also to just acknowledge the messiness of because this will probably happen again. I will probably get irritated. My daughter will trigger me. She will be shouting. I will lose my cool. So I had to make multiple repairs in some way after that because some of the things I said to my daughter upstairs were not very kind. And um, just to kind of um, help the kiddies deal with the emotional tension, I guess, was the kind of thing that we did. And it was so good to talk openly about it and to acknowledge how things can be tricky and that it's the adult's responsibility to sort things out. It's nothing about them. And it felt like such a warm and wholesome evening after that in that we were really able to connect. All the cousins connected love, and like in, a, in a really lovely way. I connected back to my daughters. My one daughter had felt quite anxious that we weren't there and um, being stressed about her sister being upset. And so it kind of came back to being really connected, but it was really quite messy and all of that. And I, I hope that I, I'm not sure if I've described it that well, because I haven't told you all the absolute details, but um, yeah. So basically why I want to share this with you is, is ahead of the summer holidays, please be really mindful of how you speak to yourself. Please be gentle with yourself. Please notice that things like heat, your own hunger, being dehydrated, um, just being irritable and demanded upon can make your your capacity much less. And so if you also have one of these kind of iterative incidents, which kind of go from different parts of the house and you have to say sorry multiple times and you really have to own your part in things, know that that goes on elsewhere. Um, the messiness is sometimes hard to actually inhabit. And I always sort of the where I where I come where I land with this is that one of the most important things for us is to love and accept all parts of us, and if we can do that for ourselves, we model for our children that all parts of them are loving and acceptable. So when I behave in ways that are not kind of in alignment with how I really want to mother with my kiddies. I always come back and acknowledge things like, I'm sorry that I scared you when I shouted. I, I know that that feels, that makes your heart race and you get really stressed. I'm really sorry about that. Um, and, you know, I really love you and I'm, I'm really sorry that I was scary and that I shouted in a loud voice. And not to criticize myself, not to kind of really beat up on myself, but to just to own that that was scary for them and that I've come back to repair and to really be compassionate to myself for that and really love and reassure my girls. So yeah, I'm just sending you lots of love and um, kind words for yourself and your kitties. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week. 
with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living. Thank you.